student loans, <gasps> college degrees, unemployment, the upcoming President Trump, the upcoming election. <laughs> oh no! Welcome to spooky season. <laughs> ah, what's scarier? Hi, I'm Carrie, and I'm Jade, and today. It's spooky season, and we're talking about Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. Yes. So, we wanted to do this episode solely because we have a really good story from high school that we wanted to share, and so that's what's happening. (laughs) Yep, that's what we're doing. So, when we were in our junior year of high school, we had our favorite English teacher, And on October 30th, he told us, hey, for class tomorrow, you need to head to the Black Box Theater downstairs. And we were like, okay. And if you don't know, Black Box is just a, literally a black room. It's a square black room that they do theater productions in. So. Yeah, there's chairs, maybe some risers. You can do sound effects. And we had our, like... The costume department was also in it. Just kind of everything was all theater related was in there. And we were like, okay, I mean, we know it's Halloween and everything, but you're kind of crazy, dude. This guy, our teacher, is also insane. So we were like, it makes sense. It's fine. So we're standing outside waiting in the hallway and the other English teacher classes were all there with us. Because there was like a squad of English teachers. They yes. all like hung out together. And so like all, all of them were there in their classes. So they planned it. Yes. And we were like, wait a minute. This is more than just our one class. What's happening? And we're all just waiting outside. <clears throat> and finally one of the english teachers comes out and is like okay everyone come in well since this room is literally a black box there weren't any lights on besides some fake candles around the room super creepy vibes like creepy music playing we were like okay we're about to get murdered it's fine it's whatever so we all get sat down and the creepy music's still going on. There's, like, weird sound effects happening. It's decorated. The small English teacher, she was, um, she was so nice. <laughs> and she was in this floor-length black cloak, okay? Reading, <laughs> she starts reading in this creepy voice, the telltale heart. <laughs> And no context at all. And we're like, oh, this is weird. Like, this is crazy. And so she's reading this story to us and very theatrical about it. And you can see one of the other teachers, eventually you can see he's like kind of acting out the scene behind her. It's this tall man and i think he had a mask on like a creepy halloween mask and he was pretending to be the man in the telltale heart one of our other teachers was the prankster and 
we love him so much. So we're all sitting, we're all like, whoa, this is really cool, like Halloween, spooky, ooh, we're all in the mood. And super focused on the story that's going on, and he's going around with a mask on, like, tapping people on the shoulder and running away. I forgot about that. <laughs> and so, randomly, while one of the, while the female English teacher in the black cloak is telling the story... You just hear random students screaming, and you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> why Why are they screaming? That wasn't scary. What's going on? I guarantee you, like, I vividly remember him tapping me on the shoulder several times, and me not turning around, and after he was so angry with me, he was like, are you kidding me right now? I was trying to have fun, and you were ruining it for me. We were also, like, his favorite students, so. <laughs> yeah, me and Carrie were, like, the curly twins. That's what he called us. He called us the twins. We would finish each other's sentences, and we were just the fun ones that he loved. Um... And so she continues on with the story, and so there's a couple of teachers acting out, you know, like, the eye and the murder and all this other stuff. And when she gets to the heartbeat part, they do a heartbeat sound effect. It was so creepy, and it was, like, quiet at first, and as the story goes on, it just gets louder and louder and louder, and you're like... Oh my gosh, this is so weird. And, you know, murder and stuff. I don't know, just the way she read it so theatrically. Just everything came together so well. You know they had to plan this out so far in advance. And it was honestly one of my favorite days of English class. Because it was so involved. And after, they were like, okay, so... What do you guys think the, like, the glassy eye meant? And people were like, oh, he was probably blind in that eye. And she's like, oh, yeah, that you're probably right. And just, like, some context stuff. So they would also tie it in with English, of course. Right, we had a discussion to... afterwards just about the themes and the way things yeah. work. Because in order to do that, you have to make it English related. <laughs> Yeah, like, to get permission to be able to do that, I'm sure they were like, yeah, well, um... We'll throw in some questions at the end, probably, maybe. But it was just weird because they didn't tell us what was happening. Yeah. And we were like, uh. <laughs> the best part was the next year we had the same teacher and he told us the same thing. Hey, go to the Black Box Theater. And I was like, wait, wait a minute. Is this? And it was the same thing. So everyone who hadn't had those teachers before... They were like, whoa, this is insane. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Me and Carrie were just like, oh, yeah, we're vibing right now. This is so good. So, um, Telltale Heart. Yeah. There's just generally, like, history-wise, a story that you read in English class. Yeah. And so, like, familiar with it. We just picked this one in particular because we wanted to do a Halloween episode, and we had that story. <laughs> Yeah, it was one of, it's one of my fondest memories from high school. Like, it made me want to love English. Because I was like, oh, you can have fun? That's crazy. 
Interesting. Yeah, I just think, like, my brother didn't like him as much as an English teacher because he only had him for dual credit. Yeah. But we had him 11th grade for AP and then senior year for dual credit, and it made the huge difference. Oh, yeah. Because in AP, things were less strict, and less like he wasn't working for a college anymore, and we had him for homeroom, so, like, during our, like, extra 30 minutes of study hall... He would just, like, show us random YouTube videos or just, like, talk to us and, like, all these oh, weird those, things. The spoon one. Ew. Yeah. Ah, there was, rusty like, a, spoons. A whole day that he showed us, like, salad fingers, don't hug me, I'm scared. Yes, yeah. All of those. Slender Man. Yeah. The spider like, short story. The cursed YouTube. Yeah. Like, he found them and we watched them all. And then we went to lunch. It was... <laughs> awful like that was horrendous (laughs) but yeah like those things and then the next year when we had him for dual credit and it was like okay we actually have to do things now but we had like that memory of him and it was just like it made english fun yeah and so we like knew that this guy he was like yeah he like cares about english but he's also like a dork yeah and he's fine and so you could like joke around with him and like English was exciting. When we were, um, when we were in AP our junior year, he would always prank us. And so one day we decided to prank him back and he left the room. We didn't know for how long. And when he left the room, someone shouted, Hey, let's all turn our desks around. (laughs) And so we did. We got every desk in the room and turned it around and we were all facing the walls because, like, there was the front. And so I'm making all these hand gestures. Yeah, the room was, like, set up like an arc facing the board. Yeah. And so we just, like, literally just turned everything around and he walked in. (laughs) He was fake mad. Like... He wasn't genuinely mad, but at one point he was like, if you don't turn your desks around within the next 10 seconds, I'm going to fail you all. And we were like, ah, shoot, the valedictorian was in that class. And she was like, joke's over, guys. Like, we're done. That was hilarious. Oh, yes. So that's what that class was like. That class made me love English. I had always loved reading books and loved English and loved analyzing things. But it wasn't until I had him as a teacher that it was like, oh, it can be fun too. And you can do it well. Yeah. So my other teachers were kind of cruddy. Agreed. You know what that's like. Actually, our seventh grade one was pretty good. Yeah, that's exactly. I was thinking in my head. (laughs) I was like, all of the other teachers were bad except for seventh grade. Also eighth grade. Seventh and eighth grade. That was the same one, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I was like, yeah. You know they're a good English teacher when you have them for more than one year. (laughs) That's the trick. That's it. We figured it out. We figured out the secret to life, you guys. Happy Halloween. Yeah, but that's just... That's kind of what, like, Edgar Allan Poe reminds me of, of just, like, like, this story in particular because it's tied to that story in the black box, but just, like, yeah, you're reading these books for school and you have to, like, analyze them, but there's nothing, like, 
wrong with that. It's, like, fun. Yeah. We, like, talked about doing a series where we read old high school books that we, like, read in high school again. Mm -hmm. We'll probably eventually do that. And then just, like, seeing how our perspective has changed now that we're not being forced to read them. Yeah. Because, like, analyzing books is fun, and, like, talking about themes and stuff is fun. It's just, it's a lot less fun when you're getting graded on it. Yeah, and when it, there's a very specific way to do it, and you don't have as much freedom, you can still be right, but the teacher will count you wrong because that's not the answer they were looking for, that kind of thing. But when you have freedom, like another podcast we listened to, they talked about this. They were like, honestly, the classic books we read were good. We just hated them when we had to read them. And I was like, yeah, of course, because you're being forced to. Anything you're forced to do, you hate. Yeah, and there's some to, something to say about the fact that not everybody likes books, the same type of books. And then, like, in school, everybody's like, you have to read these books, and you have to read it no matter what. So then it's like, yeah. if you don't like Shakespeare, you still have to read a Shakespeare book every year. And so you're like, this is, like, physically painful for me to get through, but I have to or I'll fail this class. Bartleby. And Yeah. Anything by, <laughs> what's his face? Moby Dick Yeah. I hate that man. <laughs> uh, uh, listen, we honestly, we were forced to read Bartleby. And we're book nerds. We love reading. And that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to choke down. It was awful. Wasn't there another one by him? Uh, Billy Bud. <laughs> uh, yeah, and just also like Wuthering Heights. I didn't like Wuthering Heights. Really? I liked it. But I liked Jane Eyre. But then it was just like, I have to. I didn't read Wuthering Heights because I just spark noted the whole thing. Yeah. But it's like you have I spark noted Jane Eyre. <laughs> Maybe we should read both of those again. Well, I just didn't have time. I. I did not have time to finish Jane Eyre. I was like, there's too much going on. I'm going to spark note it and skim through it. Well, we need to reread Jane Eyre. Probably yeah. Wuthering Heights, too. I like, read Jane Eyre, and then when my brother was in school, my whole family read Jane Eyre. Oh my god! <laughs> Including my dad. And he doesn't read. <laughs> so, Telltale Heart. <laughs> uh... English is fun. That's the moral of the story. Yeah, English is good. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so Tessa Hart by Edgar Allan Poe. It's one of his, like, most well-known short stories. Besides probably The Raven, yeah. I would guess. That's exactly what I was going to say. Stop reading my mind. <laughs> well, it's just a known fact. Koei <laughs> I could have Googled it and said the same thing. God. Anyway, it's of the, like, gothic horror genre. Which doesn't make sense to me. Which we were talking about is a weird genre. The thing, first off, is that horror now is not the same as horror in, like, the 1800s. Yeah. Because, like, for me, scary is a lot more, like, jump scare surprises. Yeah. Yeah. Which this, like, doesn't have any. 
So to me, it's mm-hmm. not that scary. It's like, in fact, it's a little bit fascinating to me. Yeah. To like watch like this book in particular or short story in particular to watch him like go through the craziness of his mind. Like, I think it's mm-hmm. interesting more than it's like suspenseful. Yeah. Because it's like you're reading it, you're like, I know he's going to kill the guy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think the genre very, it lends itself to like, oh, it needs to be built up. And then it's more of like a psychological thriller, if anything, but it's not even that thrilling. It's not that suspenseful. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, this is going to happen. I was kind of talking about how horror it can range from telltale heart to the shining where as any of you friends fans would know joey throws that book into the freezer because it's scary (laughs) so it's such a wide range and i think maybe they just didn't understand mental illness at the time and so that was the scary thing like what if this is just schizophrenia and they didn't understand it so they're like oh this is terrifying oh dear me (laughs) but like the gothic genre has like wuthering heights in it and frankenstein and dracula and it's out comes out of romanticism so it's a weird mm-hmm. genre already, because romanticism is not what you would tie to the horror genre. Yeah. But I looked up some characteristics of it. The first one is mystery and fear. Yeah. Omens and curses. A dark, spooky setting or atmosphere. Supernatural paranormal activity. Romance villain emotional distress nightmares an anti-hero and a damsel in distress yeah which are not they're not all in telltale heart because it's a short story but i can see how it is gothic i just think it's a weird genre (laughs) yeah i wish i had my notes from dual english when we went through an entire gothic series and we learned all about that yeah because we read frankenstein yeah and we just like dove right into that plus some other short stories we kind of did um i don't know maybe these are just like oh the thing we fear most are the things we can't explain so now our Our horror things are, like, spiritual things, like ghosts and um, exorcisms. But also, like, psychological horror is still really popular. Yeah, it's still relevant. I mean, it's still a, like, really popular facet of horror. That they, like, there's, like, the supernatural scary stuff, and then there's, like, psychological stuff. And... yeah depending on what is more scarier than the other to some people or it's all just scary 
Yeah. This is just, I wish I could go back in time and read this when it came out. Or, like, yeah. to, like, live in that time period and to read it. Because our understanding of horror is so different now that it's hard to be like, oh, this is scary. Especially since the works of Edgar Allan Poe as a whole are just very, like, uh, played upon. And, like, yeah. they're very There's so many parodies. Cultural. Yeah, parodies. That's the word I was thinking of. Yeah. Like, everybody knows something that he's done just because it's been parodied. Yeah. Hand movements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the fact that I think we're really conditioned nowadays, especially, that murder's normal. Which, it's kind of weird, but there's an entire channel on cable dedicated to murder mystery shows, and my dad watches it all the time. <laughs> and there's, like, murder mystery dinner parties. Clue is a thing. Um... There's movies and TV shows and so many books. It It's kind of normal now. You're like, oh, yeah, he killed the guy. Okay. And not like, he killed a human being because his eye looked weird. Yeah, I think for... I don't know when murder mystery started or, like, murder drunk, but I would say it's probably around 1800s. Yeah, and so it was probably I mean, like Sherlock Holmes is a thing. Yeah, so. so it was probably like revolutionary and like cool then, but it became yeah. so popular that now like people do it, and you're just like, uh huh, someone died. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, murder's been a popular thing since the Bible. Like, True. people just out here killing each other. <laughs> Thou shalt not. Okay. Anyways. But yeah, it's an interesting, like, I'm thinking about it. Just that time period and, like, gothic hit horror stuff during that time period, it's very fascinating. Like It, it is. It's a whole nother world. It reminded, like, I just thought of Sweeney Todd. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, like, that's a thing. And, like, all of the things, like, Jack the Ripper... Like, all those different things. I was like, I can see how this could have been popular then. Yeah. It just doesn't have the same effect now. Maybe the intention for this type of horror wasn't scary. I think it's supposed to be suspenseful. But I didn't think it was suspenseful. I mean... I felt it was suspenseful when we first experienced it in the black box. Because either I hadn't heard the story or I didn't remember the story. So I was like, wait, what's going to happen next? But now that we've heard it so many times, yeah. it's like, oh, That's yeah. Say that there's something I can't remember the first time I've heard it, but I don't think it was in the black box. Yeah, and it so- probably wasn't. So there's something to say, like, when you introduce people to something when they're so young, it loses its appeal as you get older. That, too. And so yeah. it's like, if I had heard it when I was really young, it was already, like, a thing. And by the time I was old enough to comprehend the suspense aspect to it, I already knew what was going to happen. Yeah. It's like if you introduce Star Wars to a four-year-old, 
the fact that Darth Vader's Luke's father isn't going to be cool. Spoilers. <laughs> like, if they, un- if they get that when they're four, by the time they're, like, eight or nine and can, like, really understand what's happening, they already know. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Is there anything in particular about it that you liked? Well, I'm gonna go a little, um, literary for a second. (laughs) I liked all the run-on sentences because it honestly makes him sound insane. Because if you're just rambling on and on about, oh, I'm not crazy, I- yeah, I'm not crazy, here's why, here's the reasons I'm not crazy, like, oh, you're insane. Yeah, the repetition, the, like, very, very dreadfully nervous, or, like, at the end, yeah. it's, like, longer, 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 all of those things are, like, I'm trying to emphasize how not crazy I am, which is further emphasizing how crazy I am. Yeah. Like, I'm not mad, but... <laughs> <laughs> Observe how calmly I can tell you the whole story. Okay, buddy. What's interesting about this story is that it ends with him confessing to the murder. Yeah. So where is he telling the story from? Prison? I never thought about that. That's fascinating. He's just like... Maybe. Imagine it's like his prison mate and they're like stuck in a cell together and he's like... Yo, I'm not crazy. Let me tell you why I'm in like, here. Let me like, tell you, you the story tell... about how I ended up here. <laughs> yeah, like, this is awesome. And then his prison mate is just like, um, hey, can I switch rooms, please? <laughs> like, I, this guy's nuts. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is, though, like, where else would he be telling this from? Because there's no... It just says, it stops at the point where he's like, here's a body. That's it. So. Yeah, maybe we're not supposed to ask that question, but I did it. <laughs> Why would you not be supposed to ask like, that? Like, what if he didn't have, like, he, what if Edgar Allan Poe didn't think about that while he was writing it? Well, he's not J.K. Rowling now, is he? He's also dead. Valid point. But I'm just like. When you, like, write a story. That's, like, a thing they always talk about in English class, and it's like, oh, the curtains are blue. What did that mean? And then people are like, what if they just wanted the curtains to be blue? But that's not... There's not, like, symbolism in there that you're asking about. It's more the... You've taken in the entire story, I'm just, it's now imp- what are you trying to guess is going to happen next? Yeah, but it's also a little bit of, like, an author's intent. Like, where is this story taking place? Yeah. And yeah, outside, but the intention is probably just that the story exists. Yeah. But it is interesting to think, like, who would he be telling this to? Yeah. Like, I wrote a monologue in middle school... And we had to think of all of those things. We had to think of who we were and who we were talking to and what we were talking about and where this is all taking place. And I had kind of thought of a half, half-baked half idea. And the theater teacher goes, Oh, yeah, well, I can tell that the person you're talking to is just like, Uh-huh. Yeah. 
that that's great it's just so unengaged and i was thinking i didn't write it that way i was just thinking in like the crazy perspective of the person i'm talking as in the monologue i talked about like marshmallows and lightsabers i was on drugs dude it was great not really drugs are bad kids (laughs) and it's it's just that maybe he didn't think of who he who right the narrator was talking to but if you had asked him if he were alive now he could probably be like oh yeah that'd be a cool idea him talking to his prison mate (laughs) you were assuming that Edgar Allan Poe wasn't completely insane what if you wrote this from the perspective of the prison mate? Like, listen to this guy's story. This dude's nuts. It, you prob- know somebody's how, like, probably done it. Like, how there's a song called Taylor the Latte Boy. And then the next song is, like, Taylor's Lament or his response and he's like, yeah, this chick's crazy. It would be the same kind of idea. Go listen to that song. It's hilarious. <laughs> Jade sang it. Yes, I did. And it was so funny. I thought of something to say and I forgot it. So that's how we're going. That's oh, my beat. I remembered. I do like this story because it does like create a very vivid image. Yeah, in my head. the imagery is insane. Like, I can imagine myself there, like, watching as he does everything. And so I think that's really amazing, because not mm-hmm. all things do that. And it's so short. He has such a short amount of time to create those images, but yet he does it. This sociopathic murderer is very descriptive about what he's doing. <laughs> And it also kind of meets the M.O. Like, let me tell you how cautiously I did this thing. He's very specific about how far he opens the door, what time he came into the dude's room every night. And even, like, the way that he approached the guy. Yeah. Or that he stood still for an hour. And that the lantern creaked when it opened. Yeah. Just all of these things, the shadows, the vulture eye, and how descriptive he was about the eye. I'm so impressed. I wish I could write like that. Yeah. It made me... No wonder he's so famous. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, what a thought. This story, when I read it, it made me think of this other short story I read in college. Because I took one college English class... And it was called The Yellow Wallpaper. And a lot of people kind of missed the point of the story because they were like, so basically this story is this girl is locked in this room because the people think she's sick. And she is obsessed over this yellow wallpaper and she's like, the wallpaper is moving. I swear it is. I swear it's moving. And she's trying to convince everybody. And eventually she just gets sick to the point of not being able to move. She feels claustrophobic and she's freaking out. Just this whole story. And it's crazy. 
because people miss the idea that she tunnel visioned her way into believing that that yellow wallpaper was killing her. And it, it paralleled with the telltale heart in that the eye freaked him out so much that he had to kill this guy to get rid of the problem. And that's, that's what the girl in the other story did. She was trying to rip the wallpaper to shreds and to no avail like she still thought it was killing her she was probably just like ill in some way but yeah i was locked her in a room yeah (laughs) just this the idea of being so tunnel visioned and like just the mental aspect of it all is insane that was also published in the 1800s by a woman were they okay in the 1800s (laughs) no like the weirdest books and like literature came out of that time like it was just a weird time yeah anyways it reminded me of the awakening that we read did you read the oh my gosh of like how they weren't okay i had to check when it was published in 1899 Oh my god! Like, they were not okay in the 1800s. Because this was like 1892. Yeah, you have like stories like this, where this guy's crazy, so he kills somebody. You have stories like Jane Eyre, where this man has a his wife in the closet or in the attic, and then like the awakening, where this the whole point of the book is that she's having like a sexual awakening. Yeah. Maybe the 1800s were just the first time that people realized they could put what they were thinking into words. And so hmm. they did. Yeah. Like, maybe it was just that the culture changed enough that they were like, oh, we can write these things down on paper and people will buy them. Yeah. Instead of, like, a, a hundred years earlier. And it was like, you can't talk about that. Yeah. You can't talk about that unless you're a man. <laughs> <laughs> I want to save that clip. It's just like. That's make it my ringtone or something. <laughs> Ooh, that would be a great T-shirt or like a sticker or something. That'd be hilarious. Ah, uh, yes. That should be my text ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> if I text, just you can't talk about that unless you're a man. <laughs> Classic feminism. Yeah, I just think this story's really well done. And that they weren't okay. And English is fun. Those are my thoughts. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. I... This story also makes me wonder... Like, you know how Criminal Minds, the show, they... They kind of redo popular murder stories... I wonder if someone's done this. Like, in real life? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. You're, like, amateur. <laughs> this wasn't... I'm just looking at... Looking up Edgar Allan Poe. Because I'm pretty sure he was insane. <laughs> it's also... Oh, I forgot that he was American. <laughs> <laughs> Just because my brain automatically assumes all famous writers from the 1800s were from England. Yeah. And this, when you're reading it, you can 
easily picture it in an English accent. Right. Yeah. It's also the irony in this story is so funny to me. Like, if you still think me mad, you will think so no longer when I describe the wise precautions I took for the concealment of the body. The night waned and I worked hastily, but in silence. First, I... First of all, I dismembered the corpse. I cut off the head and the arms and the legs and then hides the body and all this stuff. And I'm like, the irony is so funny. <laughs> like, if you think I'm crazy, just wait till you hear the next part of the story. Because I'm, I'm not crazy. True. <laughs> I think that's the other part of it that makes it less scary is that He's so dumb, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna end with this. It's just like I was looking up how Edgar Allan Poe died. And basically, they found him on October 3rd, 1849, delirious on the streets of Baltimore. Where he, he was, like, taken to the hospital and he died at 5 in the morning. And... But he was not coherent long enough to explain how he came to be in his dire conditioning and was wearing clothes that were not his own. <laughs> he is said to have repeatedly called out the name Reynolds on the night before his death, though it is unclear to whom he was referring. And then it says that his final words were, Lord, help my poor soul, and all medical records, including his death certificate, have been lost. Um. So... Honestly, I would expect nothing less. Of, like, one of the greatest horror writers of all time, that's how he died. Yeah. Like, makes sense. And it said that, like, they attribute it to, like, alcoholism or... Yeah. Something else. Is disease, alcoholism, substance abuse, suicide, or other causes? Yeah. But when you said Reynolds, all I could think was the Reynolds pamphlet. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, I'm pretty sure he was absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah. Because that's how he died. Yeah. But this is our bonus Halloween episode. Jade, what's your ranking? <laughs> hmm. Honestly, a solid seven spooky skeletons. I was going to say eight spooky skeletons. But alliteration is key. Okay. <laughs> if you, you couldn't see that, but she just made a real mean face at me. <laughs> I just, I want to give it an eight. I was, I was going for seven and a half and I was like, oh, I'm on the spot. I don't know. So, do you want to change your answer? Yeah, it's good. It's really good. So seven and a half, just so I can keep the alliteration and be better than you. All right. This was our <laughs> spooky Halloween episode. I may have a new co-host in the next episode, uh, but stay tuned. <laughs> I'm being replaced. That's the scariest thing of all. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Curly Critics Pod. Email us. CurlyCriticsPod at Gmail. Rank us five stars. Five spooky pineapples. 
I don't even want to know what makes a pineapple spooky. Like that meme where the college kids couldn't have pumpkins in their dorms, so they carved pineapples. (laughs) Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye.